0: I hope you're doing good. I hope that just by being here today is a positive direction, the right direction for your life. And uh, I'm just believing that when we give a little attention, give a little opportunity to God, he can speak into our lives. Amen? That's what I'm hoping for today, that he does that. Well, uh, I'm glad that you're here because today is week two of our January series, Sunday Funday, talking about just what Sunday ought to be in our lives. It ought to be the best day of our week. Well, we got one week amen out of that one. That's kind of scared to preach this. It ought to be. It ought to be the day that uh, excites us, that we get to celebrate with other believers, other Christians. It ought to be the day that we're encouraged by God's word. Um, Lots of different reasons that Sunday ought to be the fun day in our life. You know, tomorrow, most of us have to go back to work, right? Got to go work for the man, do something like that, and Sunday is an opportunity uh, starting the week off right to do something incredible, and I pray that today pays off for you. I really do I pray that that God speaks to your heart today and uh, inspires you, speaks to you right where you are before we jump into the message. Let me tell you a, a couple of quick things that are coming up uh, one we 're right we 're right smack dab in it is our twenty one days of prayer and fasting. I hope that you 've um, Jumped into that, even if you're not super familiar with it. We've had lots of different questions. Lots of people say, what is the 21 days of prayer and fasting? Or can you tell me what fasting is? And, and uh, walking people through that, which is great. But 21 days of prayer and fasting is January 7th through January 27th this year. It, it changes every year, usually from the first Sunday for 21 days. And it's just our opportunity to start our year off in the right direction. To, to pray, to ask God, uh, to direct us, to guide us, to let us walk in his will, to help us, to remind ourselves that we're on his schedule, we're on his will. And uh, so what we've done on our social media every day, there are different prayer focuses, and uh, it allows us to all be praying the same thing for at least a little part of the day. And uh, if you want to also kind of Jump in! You can you can fast something particular, and uh, boy, the devotion that I'm doing I'm, uh, I've posted it several times. The 21, let's see, it's called Awakening. It's 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, reading plan off of you version, and it is incredible. It's really been it, it's almost like I wrote it, but better. It's just for me. I mean, it's really that good for me. Not not saying that everybody, but for me, it's really that good. It's like they wrote it just for me. And uh, it's teaching about fasting, it's teaching about praying and why we should do those things. So I want to encourage you, even if it's a little bit here and there, jump in and be a part of what we're doing on prayer and fasting. And then next Sunday at South Point is our small group launch, point group launch day. We call them point groups at South Point because it's South Point. It's our small group. This is the this is the big group right here. This is what we do on Sunday mornings. We got a couple of these, another one at ten, or let's see, what is it? Nine thirty and eleven at eleven o'clock. We have another service, but these are the big groups. And it's really important for you to be a part of a small group in your life. It's important for many different reasons, for the, for the good times and for the bad times, but really just for spiritual growth, for friendship. You need friends that are doing life the way you're doing life, and uh, lots of other reasons. So if you're not in a small group, let me encourage you. Next Sunday, we're going to have all of them showcased out in the lobby. There'll be different small group leaders out there to answer your questions. You can kind of shop around for a small group did not get any better than that. So I want to encourage you. If you're not a part of one, you and your family, or even by yourself, uh, next week is for you. And then the 28th, the last Sunday of this month, is our Vision Sunday. We're going to be talking about what our focus is for the rest of this year as a church body. We did some pretty incredible things last year. We were pretty stoked about the goals that we set last year and the things that we accomplished. And uh, as we looked over them this week, we actually accomplished most every goal that we set last year. The ones that we didn't accomplish were the ones that we said, I don't know if we can do this. It may be too big, but we got close and we're going to knock them out in the next month or two, I believe. So we're excited about that. So make sure the next couple of weeks that you're here, bring your friends, allow them to be a part of Sunday Funday, get a donut on your way out. You know Sundays, no calories count, right? Y'all didn't know that, right? Yeah, I prayed. That was one of my requests. I said, nope. So grab a, grab a donut on your way out and uh, be here the next couple of weeks. We're going to have a good time. If you have your orange bulletin, I want you to grab it today and take some notes because these are things today that I believe will help you the rest of your life. Not every Sunday is something I believe that can, is, is something that is instrumental in every single day of your life. But this message is. And the, the title of this message is called The Power of Potential. Now, if you know me and and my wife, Jenny, and our leadership team, our staff at South Point, you know that potential is big for us. We believe in God tapping into us, and because of God, us reaching our potential. But I always want to say, too, that I don't want this to ever be a uh, three-steps-to-success kind of church. Does that make sense? I don't want it to just be raw, raw. Everything's just super positive. I, I believe God is super positive. He wants great things for your life, but we also go through stuff. But I'm going to show you today that not only is potential instrumental at South Point, it's one of our seven core values. It's hanging on the wall out there in common grounds. It's, it's huge for us because I believe that God taps into everybody's potential from the beginning of the Bible, had to convince most of them that he saw more potential in them than they did. But not just for that, that throughout Scripture, like the story, the, the passage we're going to study today, God is trying to convince me and you that there's a whole nother truckload full of potential out there waiting for us in our lives. Let me ask you something. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, that God still wants to grow you in this world? I do, because you're here today. Now we haven't done your funeral yet. I think God's got plans for you today. There's potential in your life. And it's such an incredible story today. I love it. It's one that's impacted my life for years, and I'm going to share it with you. It's in 2 Kings 13. If you have your Bible, you want to follow along, you can. If not, we'll put it on the screen for you. But I'm going to set it up for just a second, okay? Set it up just a little bit. Because Jehoash was the king of Israel at the time. Elisha was one of the last prophets, was the last big prophet. And Elisha, we'll read in the first sentence just died and what we're going to get to see is this last conversation he has with the king of israel on god's behalf the prophets at the time the prophets were an individual a man or woman that god would choose as his voice to the people as his voice to the king to the leadership and to the people of that time what what elisha does on god's behalf in this passage i believe is applicable to every one of us it's not my story it's not your story it's all of our stories This is what God wants for each of us. So, Jehoash, the king of Israel, and just to the east, I'll go this way, that's east, right? Over here to the east of Israel is Aram. Now, Aram is modern-day Syria, so I may refer to it as Syria from, from now on. But over here is Syria, and Syria is slowly encroaching. They're the enemies. Of Israel. And they're slowly encroaching, slowly encroaching. They actually moved into the country, the far east side of the country of Israel. They're kind of taking their land and they want to take over. And what Elisha says to them, Elisha says to Jehoash, is going to change a bunch of people in this room's lives on how you see the circumstances in your life. So let, let's start reading. Are you ready for this? Elbow your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Okay, elbow me like you love. I'm say, I'm really ready. Here we go. Now, Elijah had been suffering from the illness from which he died. Okay, so there's the beginning sentence. And now we're going to look back on his last conversation. Does that make sense? Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. Elijah said, go or get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. Let me pause there for just a second. So the... First rattle out of the box, here Elijah's fixing to die. The connection between God and man, in, in Jehoash's eyes, is fixing to be gone. What am I going to do? I've got Aram over here, I've got Syria, they're encroaching on us. I'm, I need the word from, from Elijah on what to do in this circumstance in my life. Have you ever, I'm, I'm assuming this is yes, but have you ever been through a situation in your life when you need to hear from God, and at that moment you feel like the voice of God is leaving just me, huh? Yeah. I think all of us have felt that at some time. Like, hey, Lord, no, this is not the time to put me on hold. Right? This is not the time for Elijah to die. But here's the big question. It's when I read this the first time, when you see he, he comes to Elijah, he's, he's crying. And Elijah looks at him and says, go get some arrows. Now, I'm going to explain to you in a minute. Jehoash probably has an idea of what's fixing to happen. He said, go get some arrows. So my question to you as we jump into this real quick is in in reflection of your problems, of your situations, of your circumstances in life. What if God said, I know exactly what you need, but I'm not going to get it for you. I want you to go get it. What if part of the solution, what if most of the part of the solution to your problem was not God handing it to us, but making us go work for it and work the process to get what we're needing in life? How many of you know when your kids work for something that they want really bad, they appreciate it a lot more? They understand it a lot more. And can I tell you, your first point, before we even get deep into the scripture, I I want you to understand this first point right here, that there is a process in revealing your potential in this world. And it's God not giving us what we want. It's God saying, that's what you want, go get it. That's, that's the direction you need. Do you, know you know where the bow and arrows are? Then go get them. Because I'm going to process. I want to work you through, Jehoash. I, I want you to win, right? God's going to tell him that I want you to win. But there's a process to go through. There's circumstances that you need to push against to get better. I can think of a thousand things in my life that I wish that hadn't have happened in my life. But now that I'm on the other side of them, can I tell you that most of them I would not Take them out of my life. Now that I've made it through there and I've survived, I understand that they made me a better person. You know the old general in the army that said, what doesn't kill you only makes you better? Can I tell you that's incorrect? It, what doesn't kill you makes you better with the right attitude. Understanding that I need to turn to God and me and God's got a partner on this so I can win in this situation. If it's just going through junk circumstances, you don't have anything to tie it to. There's no reasoning. There's no goal at the end. God's not going to open up my potential or reveal my potential or release what he wants to do in my life. This is just junk that's dumped on me from this world. Can I tell you, that gets depressing. I wish as a young boy that somebody would have shared Christ with me so at least I could have connected the dots. Oh, I'm going to give God these things. I'm going to allow him to work me through these things. So that at least we can take a mess mess in my life and we can make some messages out of it. Does that make sense? I want to tell you that there is a process to revealing the potential that's in your life. None of us would even recognize the potential if God just said, here, you're great. We'd just all go, oh, we're just born that way. We're amazing. But when we work our way through it, God reveals because me and you work together, look what you've become. Look how wise you are now. Look how attentive you are now. Look how caring you are now. Because together, we've revealed this process. Listen, I wrote down some things for me. Uh, real quick, I'm going to give you five words for my process on the spiritual process, the spiritual life, growing spiritually. Remember, I said I didn't grow up in church. And so a lot of this, I, all of this, I've learned as an adult. And I'm going to go really fast. So here's my process. Number one is Listen. Listen is the first thing in the process. Listen, this world is the most distracting thing that there is. The busyness of this life. And the very first thing I have to tell myself all the time, I have to cut back and go, listen. you got to listen for God's voice in your life. you got to listen. Is that God? Is he speaking to me? And that's the the second part there. The second word is to hear him. Not just listen for him to give opportunity, but when God speaks to actually hear what's going on. How many that have kids understand there's a big difference between listening to you and actually hearing what you said? Oh, y'all got that. Yeah, we all understand that. And that's exactly the difference in us and God. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to train myself to constantly listen for God's voice. But when he speaks to hear like, Lord, that's for me. That's for me today. I understand that you want to do something in me. Not just, this isn't just a rattling message or a rattling song that Kyle and them are saying. But this is speaking to me. Amen? And then the third thing is the hardest of them all is to obey it. To step out in faith without having all the answers and obey. To step into that potential and say, Lord, I believe that you want to do things. I read through almost every chapter of the Bible. You want to do things in people. You want to connect with people and do more than they want to do. So I'm going to step into that. I'm going to obey. By faith. Take a step of faith. The, third, the fourth one is to learn. Because can I tell you, it will never be perfect. Never. Never. This side of heaven, it's never going to be perfect. And you will fail. But can I give you some grace this morning? Failure does not mean stop. Can I get an amen on that? Failure just says, check that one off, it's not working. And keep going. I love reading those stories on Abraham Lincoln, how many times? like 37 times that he failed in elections, didn't get elected or whatever. And then like the last line says, he was president of the United States. Like, I love that. I love that Ben Franklin had like 1,300 patents and all of these thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of things that never worked. I love that. Failure is a part of the process of revealing your potential in life. Amen? And then the last one, the last one's the best. Are you ready for this? First you listen, you hear it, you obey it, you learn from it, and then just repeat that. Don't quit. There's no secret to that. Learning in God, growing spiritually. Understand that there's a process to that. Listen to God. And when he speaks, say, that's for me, and jump into it and obey it. And then whether you do it right or you do it wrong, just go, okay, I'll learn from that. I'll learn from that. And I'm going to repeat the process, and I'm going to build on that because I know this process called life. Everybody say life. This process called life can reveal the potential that's inside of me for working for God for living for God, for doing things in God's name. Well, let's, let's keep reading. This is one of my favorite scriptures, one of his favorite passages about potential. Verse 16 says this, "'Take the bow in your hands,' he said to the king of Israel. He had taken it, when he had taken it, Elijah put his hands on the king's hands.'" Let me pause there for a minute. Okay, I know something that's not in here, but I know it from reading previous chapters in the Bible. What I know is when a prophet intentionally touched somebody, especially the king, he was doing something. He didn't just touch him to go, My hands are cold. Would you warm them up? He wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing it like, King, it looks like you've never shot a bow. You hold it like this. He wasn't doing that. You know what he was doing? I, Elijah, am saying, without saying it in this chapter, I am the connection between you and God. I am the one that represents God's authority. I'm the one that represents God's power. This is for you. All through Scripture, you see people come to the prophets, or the prophets go to people and go, hold on, you're going to need a little extra on this one. And they would put their hands on them, and that was symbolic of God's power, God's authority, God's anointing. Have you ever heard the word anointing in the Bible? Going to that person. Sometimes they would put blood on them. Sometimes they would put oil on them. Sometimes they would do all kinds of weird stuff to them. But it was symbolic of the power of God transferring from that person that was carrying it to them. When Elisha touches him, what he's doing is equipping him. He's giving him the power, the, the authority that he needs to do what he's fixing to do. That's part of the process of walking in and living in your potential. Here we go. Verse 17. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. And remember, what was east? Everybody say Syria. Right, Syria was east, the enemy was east, so open the east window. You got the bow and arrows, open the east window. Shoot, Elijah said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elijah declared. You will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. I want you to understand, I don't know for sure, it doesn't say that Jehoash knew what was going on. But evidently, when, he, when Jehoash shot that arrow, Elisha yelled, that's the Lord's arrow of victory. You're going to smash those guys. Just aim it in that direction. I want you to, to send them a message that God's coming with you. I've, I've anointed you. I've called you for this. The prophet is telling you, like the pastor at South Point is telling you. I'm just like Elijah, okay? He's telling you what God wants in your life. How many stories do we need to go through? That, this is the story of us and God right here. He said, shoot it in the direction of your enemies. Aim it in the direction of your enemies. Can I, can I tell you something else that I learned from this story this morning? That sometimes the very direction of the pain and your rump in this life, the very direction of your enemy in this world, and I'm talking circumstances or situations, that very direction is God's exact destiny for your life. Because there is not just a give me a potential, it is a process. And sometimes you fighting against that enemy is the very thing that's going to reveal God's potential in your life. Amen? You will never know the potential in your life. You'll never know how strong you can be, how wise you can be, how whatever you can be. You'll never know that until you address the enemies in your life with God at your side. That's what, that's what he's saying. Elijah has touched him. He said, you aim it in the, that direction and you get after it. Point number two is this. Potential always needs a catalyst. Potential always needs something to kick it in the seat of the pants. Potential. Potential in our lives. It needs something to shake us. It needs something to ignite us. James chapter 1. I don't have this in your notes, but I've read it many times. It's one of my favorite passages. It's one of the first ones I memorized. Listen to what James, the brother of Jesus, says about problems and circumstances in our life. He says, rejoice, brothers and sisters. He's talking to other Christians. Rejoice when you face trials and problems of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith. Okay, hold on just a second. I thought he just said problems. Well, we understand that problems test our faith, don't we? It, 100%. Problems in our life test our faith. Faith is being sure of what we're hoping for. It's that faith that we have in God. Because we know that the testing of our faith, the scripture says, develops perseverance. The no-quit attitude. That I can do this with God at my side. I'm stronger than I thought I was last year. I can handle it. So perseverance must finish its work, James says so that you will be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The only way you get to be the best you is to face your trials, problems, and even enemies head on with God at your side. Problems are a part of it. That's, how in the world does James say, rejoice, my brothers and sisters, when you face problems of many kinds? Have you ever, in your craziest, fanatical, charismatic Christian day, have a car wreck and you go, oh, praise Jesus, this is awesome. Anybody ever? I won't point you out, I'll just be amazed. Nobody, nobody goes to the doctor and gets that diagnosis and goes, well, thank God, I was, I was afraid it wasn't anything. Nobody does that. But what he is telling us here is the secret to potential. It's, it's right in the face of your enemies. You, you, you open that window to them and you shoot it in that direction. Because you facing your enemy with God will show you just how strong God is in your life. And show you how strong you can be, how much faith you actually have. Listen, the first time we failed in faith... It is so easy to quit. It's so easy to give up. The first time, the 50th time I fail, it's easy to quit. And it's easy to give up. But I just keep picturing Elijah reaching over and patting me on the shoulder and going, you can do this. Remember, it's partially God, partially you, all right? You just work like it all depends on you, and you pray like it all depends on God, and somewhere in the middle, God's going to lead you into his will through this. You just keep moving forward. And through that process, listening, hearing, obeying, Learning, repeating, over and over. Don't turn away from those difficult things in life, but hit them head on. It teaches me how to pray. It teaches me how to be persistent. It teaches me, just like James says, how to persevere in life. And when we persevere, it matures us. And it teaches us how to handle the next problem. So that hopefully, as I get older, I'm not lacking anything. I'm not immature. I'm not immature. Does that make sense? Spiritually. And it's only through those things that God reveals our potential. Well, listen, there's a big passage coming up here at the end. I don't want us to miss this. Verse 18 says this. And then he said, Elisha said, take the arrows. And the king took them. Elijah said, strike the ground. So he struck it three times. So he's shooting the arrows. He shot the arrows three times. Verse 19, the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. Elijah was dead and buried. Woo! That didn't end the way I was hoping it would. I was hoping all the Syrians would wake up with a bad cough a leg cramp. Israel runs in there, waxes them all, right? Has a victory party that night. Is that just me? I love it when they end that way. Chase those last one hundred down for two more chapters and just kill them. A little, you know, just get those suckers out of here. Is that the? That's just me, huh? Okay. I do not. When I read this in the middle of this, I do not want my tombstone to say he should have. God gave him so many opportunities; he should have. When I think of this story, the first time I read it, I was kind of confused. I I went and read it in another version, and then another version, and read some commentary. Like, why was he mad at him? And the other versions say that he had a quiver full of arrows. Jehoash had been struggling the entire chapter, chapter before this, 12 and 13, with his lack of faith in God actually doing it. He thought it was him actually doing it. And it was only when he would lose, or the enemy would show up, that he would go to God. It was only in his worst times. So when he just shot three arrows, and he's got a quiver sitting there, Elijah was going, you don't even believe, do you? If, if I said, go get a bucket, and every bucket you bring me, I'll fill it up with $100 bills. How many buckets would you bring? Everybody just say all of them. Yeah, we'd just loop around the Lowe's, Home Depot, Walmart, the whole thing. we get all the buckets, right? And that's what he's telling him in his life. In your, Jehoash, in your life, you have a quiver of arrows. When God gives you that, then you shoot them all. I mean, because you didn't believe, you're only going to get halfway. And I'm out and died. And he missed his potential. And I can tell you, when, when you walk into the common grounds in there and you see on that wall, what you see under potential is, is for that very reason right here. Here's what it says. Point number three in your notes is, potential equals narrowing the gap between who you are now and who God created you to be. Because we understand by reading this scripture right here that every one of us, we have a quiver of arrows. And church, can I be really honest with you? I do not want to sit and just shoot an arrow every year or so. I don't want to just go, okay, well, it's January. Let's shoot another one. Okay, that's good. Ran through the motions. When we talk about earlier when we were talking about our goals that we met from last year I never want to reach all of our goals can I just be honest with you because I've always felt like if, I, if we reach our goals I only shot three arrows like let's reach most of them and there's always that one or two that were just too big we didn't, we didn't reach it, it stretched us it showed us some things we failed but what the scripture teaches is, is when you fail in the right direction with the right attitude you just learn you just get to see God work in your life, and it matures you, and it completes you. Church, I would pray, and I would hope that each of us would hear a scripture like this, and you immediately know, this is for me. It's part of that hearing. This is a story that I've heard many times throughout scripture. God's encouraging somebody. God's putting his hands on you. God's saying, here, go grab all the arrows and I want you to attack your enemy. I want you to shoot him in that direction. Why? Because it's not on you. Me and you together we're going to do this. And through the process of you walking in faith and applying this tomorrow at work, applying your faith. This week in your marriage, applying your faith. that Walking in those areas that are difficult and growing and not giving up. That process every week reveals God's potential in your life. It's slowly narrowing that gap. Here you are, this perfect you, perfect me over here. And each week is, as I say, yes, it narrows that gap. As I I fail, I'm I'm fine with one or two steps back. Because I know tomorrow I'm going to take one or two two steps forward. I'm going to say, yes, God, move forward. I'm going to shoot some more arrows, move forward. And through this process, we become who God wants us to be. We become a person of potential. Let me ask you. Anybody in here, you don't have to raise your hands. Nobody in here is done with God. God's got things that he wants to do in your life. He wants to, you to share your faith with people in your life. Man, when I look across the audience, I, I know some of us in here, I know some of our stories. Family members that we've prayed for for their salvation, family members that we pray for, for their health. I keep praying that through my life, Elijah will put his hands on me, so to speak. And he'll say, shoot some arrows in that direction. This is the, the Here's where we're going today. We're going right at that enemy. We're going right at that circumstance that looks undefeatable. We're going right at that problem in your life. Because I want to show you with God, you can do this. You can grow. You can mature. You can become who God wants you to be. I want us to pray today, and I want us to pray that we would do what the process we were looking at earlier says. That we will hear that this is for us. That this word today, this passage is for us today. God wants us to grow. To tap into who we are supernaturally. And become who he created us to be. Lord, I pray for every person in this room today. I'm so thankful for the gifts and the abilities and the potential you've placed in each one of them. Lord, I'm so thankful that you've created each one of us with a potential inside. As I look at Jehoash, his enemy was Syria. With Moses, it was Egypt. With David, it was Goliath. And to become who you created them to be, They couldn't run away from their problems, but they had to move straight at them and allow you to work miracles in their lives. I realize that today, Lord, that there's a process to revealing the potential that you've placed in our lives. So I pray for each one in this room today that you would help us to say yes to you. Help each one of us, Lord, to to not turn from the struggles in life, but to hit them head on, to ask for your help to pray about it, to fast about it, to trust you. And through our trials, through our problems, to take joy in knowing that through those things, you're going to develop us, you're going to strengthen us. And I pray that those today that are in this room, Lord, that are going through struggles, that would not see it as a a punishment, but as a part of the process of developing them into who the, the greatest person you've created them to be pray that today you would give them the strength that they need, that you'd give them the wisdom and insight that they need, that you'd give them the courage that they need and the faith to believe that you are working in them this very day and moving them through the process of revealing your potential in them. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. It's in your name that we pray. Everyone says, Amen.